What's good, everyone? My name is Jacob Moses, and welcome to another episode of the Not Boring Tech Writer, where in each episode, we focus on a different skill that you can learn to enhance your skill set, improve your marketability, diversify your career, and ultimately break the stereotype that technical writing is a boring career. This episode's skill, mentoring prospective tech writers. All tech writers can look back on their career and likely think of a specific person or two who helped them advance their career to where it is today. It could be a former professor who encouraged you to take technical writing courses, a friend who introduced you to the field, or a boss who invested time into your work. For prospective tech writers, these mentors are essential to professional development and landing that first sweet, sweet tech writing job because they take the time to understand the mentee's hopes, dreams, and struggles and come alongside to help them throughout the process. That's why in this episode, I have John Paz on the podcast, senior content designer at Atlassian and mentoring wizard, who's helped several current and prospective tech writers navigate the field and make the most of their skill sets. In this episode, John shares his experiences as a mentor to prospective tech writers and how you can do the same, including how to find prospective mentees, how to foster a relationship with mentees, and how mentoring can boost your own tech writing career. Big shout out to Knowledge Owl, a wonderful knowledge-based software product for sponsoring the Not Boring Tech Writer, and I hope you all enjoy this episode. John, what's going on, friend? How are you today? I'm great, Jacob. How about yourself? I'm doing good, thank you. How's life in San Francisco? Oh, the weather is beautiful. I was in Austin last week and they had triple digits almost every day, and I'm glad to be back in the Bay. Man, it is hot in Texas. I'm based in Denton, just about three hours from Austin. And you're right, man. We've been packing triple digit heat for a couple weeks now. Yeah, and there's no relief in the evening either. Oh, I got nothing. Got nothing. Well, John, so happy to have you on the podcast today. We have a great skill to cover together, and that is mentoring prospective tech writers. And John, I'm really excited about this one. I know when I think back on my career, mentors were essential to any form of success I've had in my short career, whether it was you know, finding out about tech writing once I was in the industry, finding out about different kinds of tools, how to best use them. Mentorship is huge and really excited to hear the insights that you have to share with us today. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a topic I feel very passionately about and uh, have begun taking a much more active role in trying to uh, recruit mentor or mentees and, uh, and try to yeah. become a more established mentor. Awesome, John. I look forward to digging into it. To get us started, tell us a little bit about your work and what first got you into technical writing. Oh, fantastic. It's a topic I love to talk about. Um, so I'm one of the few people who is working in the field that they got their degree in, their undergraduate yeah. degree in. So I have an undergraduate degree in English with a focus in technical writing from the University of Central Florida. Um, and so I spent the last two years of my degree um, taking all my specialty classes um, in technical writing. So uh, cool. you know, it, was, it, was a, it was a fun topic to, to, to pick, but obviously it was not my first 
Um, I, I don't think that most people grow up wanting to be a technical writer. It's kind uh-huh. of something that fills a, a, a pretty um, basic need um, in that writers want to make money. And, and so as a creative writer, um, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's some suffering that you have to go through in order to really be um, known and to be paid and to kind of be sure. established. And uh, I didn't really have time to be a starving artist. So the, the goal was to, to use my writing to make money. And tech writing was, seemed like the, the biggest reward with, uh, you know, with, without having to completely change who I was. So going back to university, you were already familiar with technical writing. Oh, absolutely. Um, and my tech writing professors were wonderful in helping me prepare, um, not least of which was that they, they kind of forced us as, through an assignment to have our resume online. And through that, I actually got my first tech writing job like a year before I graduated. So I was already awesome, working in the man. field while still learning. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And John, like you, I, I got a bachelor's degree in technical writing. They called it technical communication here at the University of North Texas and UNT. And it was huge. I mean, at that point, I think it was only five years old. We had just had our first bachelor graduate the year prior to. But it was excellent to learn about this wonderful field early on in university and get some of that mentorship from my professors. I want to talk a little bit about, so how long have you been a practicing technical writer now? Right. So um, I think this is my 13th year officially, 13th year. Yeah. And, I'm only, and I'm only 35. So I'm always, I'm always surprised at that number um, personally. Uh, but uh, there's, I call it, there's, a, there's the, the pre-software and post-software tech writing John. Um, so the first five years of my, of my writing career, I spent doing kind of more traditional technical writing roles, um, PDFs, Word documents, XML, you know, working for defense contractors. Um, I did a couple stint, stints at Lockheed Martin, uh, Siemens, power generation, and kind of the more traditional technical writing. And then um, a company called Pentaho gave me a shot. Um, it's a you know, big data and data integration, data warehousing company, super high techie stuff. Um, and it was a bit of a leap for me. Um, I actually had a lot. It was a very steep learning curve. But that was my first taste of kind of the true software technical writing that I do today, um, which is a little bit of UX writing, a little bit of developer documentation, um, and a whole lot of just software-based technical writing. Uh, and that's where um, I found my home. And that's yeah. where I felt like um, that wasn't just the, the best use of my skills, it was also the most lucrative. Um, and it's, it's bared out um, many times over since then. And that's one of the things that I... I find that most people need help with early in their tech writing career exploration is understanding the different types of tech writing out there and which one will tickle your fancy and get you the kind of money that you're after. Yeah, John, you're exactly right. I mean, I think back to my formal education at TechCom, I think we had a class on high tech industries, a class on grants and proposals. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a little bit of um, web design work. But really, all these different fields thrown at you, and like you said, all with very different pay grades, different kinds of opportunities, mm-hmm. and it can be challenging to navigate all of those opportunities, especially as a recent graduate, and I imagine more so even those first few years into TechCom where you're maybe getting comfortable in just one particular facet of TechCom. I'd love to hear from you, John. You know, you've been in tech writing for about 13 years now, done various types of technical communication what was it about this field that inspired you to get into mentoring others? Oh, man, I have a very specific moment where tech writing became um, my future career and in in, in, uh, in targeting it. And it was so my mom's a professor um, and she's an English professor and she's an English professor at my alma mater at UCF. 
So um, while I was going through the English department, um, you know, I was taking naps in her office and I was, I was a, a very familiar face amongst the English professors. And I'd actually known a lot of them even before I started college because, you know, they come to my house for dinner. So I had a lot of them kind of pulling me in different directions. You know, the, the lit professors pulling me in that direction, creative writing, creative writing professors pulling me in another. Um, but it, the one directly next door to my mother's office was, the tech, was a tech writing professor. And um, it was one day in between classes, I noticed he had a flyer on his door saying, you know, you're a tech writer if a kind of riff on the Jeff Foxworthy bit where, you know, you're a redneck if uh-huh. <laughs> I had a bunch of things, you know, where you, you know, you're a tech writer. if. And I, 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 I forget the details, but the, a couple of things that stuck out to me was one bulleted list entice you Two, uh-huh. you find yourself rewriting poorly written instructions for free. And, and three is that people always ask you to explain things to them that seem trivial to you. And right mm-hmm. away, it kind of clicked for me. It helped inspire me to take that intro to tech writing course. And, uh, and uh, my wife and I uh, were high school sweethearts and had kids very early in life. Uh, and so we were raising three kids. Uh, I was working full time you know, at a roofing company and going to school full time. Yeah. So I was half asleep in my, in my intro to tech writing course and I still managed to pull off. An- <laughs> and so that was to me the, 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 the kind of uh, the light bulb that showed me that this is something I can make a career out of, if only because it takes a lot of it takes very little effort for me to do for what a lot of people they can't seem to do, which is just explain things clearly and uh, concisely. So it seemed like it was a no brainer. So, John, you had this great passion for the field, and I imagine right away you picked it up pretty easily. I imagine you did some great work these past 13 years. When did you take this shift into mentoring others? Of course, you have this great story about why people should pursue it, whether that's, you know, it's a lucrative field, you can mess with a lot of really cool technology. When did you take this shift into mentoring others to pursue TechCom? That's a, that's a great, great um, story as well, uh, mostly because uh, tech, like tech writing was kind of a, a feels like a means to an end uh, until I started working for Atlassian, where Atlassian kind of uh, inspired me to think about what the next stage of my career would be. And that's, there's a lot of reasons for that, uh, not least of which is that I, I really identify with my company's mission and I get to work on some really fun and interesting things. And also the kind of uh, the, the invention and uh, adoption of UX writing as, a, as its own kind of trade kind of led me to believe yeah. I have a, a longer future than the, the kind of means to an end, which might have been my inspiration originally. And so I started thinking about whether I wanted to go the, you know, the principal contributor route or the manager route. You know, at Alaskan, we have essentially two tracks for people who are already senior level contributors. So I kind of had to had to pick a path. Um, and uh, funny story that my team kind of got pilfered for resources at one point. And so I find myself with more work to do than people to do it. And I complained so loudly. They, you know, they gave uh, they gave my team a contractor and this contractor um, ended up being a really good friend of mine now. But I kind of had to take on a very direct mentoring role and management role in managing his workload and making sure, you know, his time was protected. And kind of for all intents and purposes, I was I was this guy's manager, my friend Colin. Yeah. And so um, I, him and I worked so well together and everybody felt so highly of Colin that, you know, um, and Colin was great at cha- being my champion as well. And that people started thinking about me as management material. And so I started looking at what the what the requirements were. And I wanted to get some experience in helping people. And so I found out, you know, how do I do that without, you know, it's like, it's that catch 22. It's like, how do you demonstrate proficiency in something when you want to do, when you don't really, it's not your role. You want to grow into it. 
And so mentoring yes. was one of this, this you know, kind of an easy solution for this. Um, but it was it's it's not easy to find people to mentor. You know, you kind of especially if you're if you're not very well known or you don't really have a lot of technical writers at the junior level, which we kind of yeah. we don't have a ton of those in Atlassian. Um, so at a at a uh, like a, at a write the docs com meetup, um, I ran into a person who became my first mentee, a woman by the name of Deborah, and she was super ambitious and and but she was you know in journalism and was looking to break into technical writing. And I had all kinds of thoughts and opinions on this, and I just had this mentoring relationship conversation with my boss, and so it was like this perfect confluence of opportunity. So someone presented themselves who who could use the advice, and I was looking for someone to give advice to. Um, so it yeah. started growing organically from there. Uh, and Deborah's very patient. Um, she understands that I'm kind of learning along the way. And so we're patient with each other. And it's been a, a great relationship. And she's she's since, you know, done taken the plunge and, and you know, left her job at a, as an established newspaper to go venture into the world of technical writing. Awesome. And so that, that, that to me, I felt that's a win. It felt good. And I realized this is what helping people do the tech writing thing can be my career at the next stage. John, do you see yourself as a mentor? And that may be the wrong question, but before Colin came on as a contractor at Atlassian, did you see yourself as someone who could fill that role as a mentor for a prospective tech writer? Were there any personal obstacles that you ever overcome to see yourself as someone who could fill this role? What, what were those early stages like in those first few days working with Colin as, I mean, his mentor within this organization? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Um, I, I had never considered myself um, management t- material, if only because uh, I, I kind of have a 40 hour hard stop. You know, a lot of times managers are expected to, to put into after hours work. And I've got kids I'm raising and, and a very active kind of social life and, and I like yeah. to play sports. And so I, I don't want to put in the kind of 60 hours a week I envision managers doing. So right away, I kind of took that off the table. But with this experience with Colin, um, and, and, such, and I got such good positive feedback around our relationship and how and our output that I, I started to dig a little deeper. Now, where I was fortunate is that because I t- part of the story is that I was I was disgruntled before Colin and that I did I had too much work to do. And they just mm-hmm. taken the other technical writer from my team and, and added her to another team. And so um, and so my boss was very sympathetic, but told me a headcount is what it is. And we're, we're trying to make it work. And he says, but what you should do is make sure that you're prepared so that if we do, if, if I do manage to scratch together some resources, that you should be prepared to give them work. Because, he, you know, he, he's kind of far removed at that point from the day to day stuff. And that's kind of my responsibility. So I started pretending like I already had someone to mentor um, even before Colin joined my team or even before I knew I would get another team member. And yeah. that work was kind of, it's a little tedious and it's like overhead, you know, creating Jira tickets for myself is kind of weird. And, you know, sometimes commenting on tickets that no one else is looking at, but me, it's kind of awkward. <laughs> it was fantastic. It worked out like a charm though. Cause when Colin joined, he had all this context there that I didn't have to speak to him. I didn't yes. have to show him where the information was. Cause I was very diligent about doing my own internal documentation. So, you know, just faking it until I made it really yeah. paid all kinds of dividends in, in being prepared for that when that opportunity came that I was ready for. I need to probably back me up on this. For listeners who are maybe in a managerial role with a technical writing team, but maybe don't maybe see themselves as a prospective mentor, I bet just that authenticity shows. Like this was your first time being a mentor to a tech writer. Of course, like you said, it was a little awkward at first, the methodology that you chose. But I bet regardless, mm-hmm. Colin resonated with your willingness and your passion 
just to help him through this process to become a contributing tech writer at Atlassian. Was that the case even without maybe this checklist of all the perfect things that the mentor has to do, that authenticity and willingness to fill that role? Did that resonate with Colin? Oh, me and Colin now are our best. I mean, uh, the good thing is, is that it was easy for him and I to get along because we both have some similar interests in sports. And, uh, and, and you know, we're, we were kind of journeyman technical writers for a long time. So we already kind of hit it off uh, personality wise. So that that was a great stepping stone is that we had a personal relationship that's that, that wasn't just focused yeah. on work. That's that I think that's important when you're building a team is that you got to you have to know who you're working with. Even if you don't want to hang out outside of work, you should know what motivates them and, and what they care about. And but then I took, step, I took it a step further, though, in that um, I, I didn't just want to know about Colin. I wanted to know about what he was good at, what he's already done, because uh, you know, as a contractor, sometimes you get put in a hole about what the, what the responsibilities they'll give you or the decisions you get to make. And so I didn't I never treated Colin like a contractor. I always treated him like a member of the team. And I gave him I gave him work that mattered. And I asked him to make decisions. And that was from that was from the jump. And I told him, wow. this is this is not going to be like the other roles because he's a, he'd already been a contractor at Atlassian for well over a year at that point. He worked on a bunch of different teams, so the guy already knew his way around the Atlassian stack. It was yeah. really giving him, uh, you know, kind of uh, unleashing his potential by giving him, you know, meaningful work to do. And, and all I did really with that, Jacob, was making sure that I treated Colin the way I always hoped to be treated when I was a contractor. Because I spent the first like eight, nine years of my career as a contractor at a different job every year of, of my career for the first nine years. And that that was mostly by necessity. Um, a lot of times I, I jumped ship for, for a better rate or a better opportunity, but most times it wasn't of my own decision. Sure. So uh, you know, I, I always wanted to be treated as a professional, whether I was a contractor or a regular full-time employee. And so I just treated Colin the way I expected to be treated. And, and he openly was appreciative of that and would tell people about it, that, you know, that John gave me work that mattered. And, awesome. uh, and before that, he had not really considered being a regular full-time employee here at Atlassian. Um, but I said, you know, I said, you, you can cut it here and I'll vouch for you if this is what you want. And so we yes. kind of made an agreement that I'll go to bat for him and, you know, he can be my champion and I'll be his. And so, you know, we scratch each other's back and now I'm stuck with a guy. He got a regular full-time <laughs> position. Uh, they all, we made an offer to him uh, about three weeks ago. And, and on my encouragement, he took a, 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 you know, a couple of weeks vacation before yeah. he started. He was a contractor for 10 years before that. So listen, take us a take wow. a paid vacation. And when you come back, I'll refresh. We'll, we'll get started. But of course, yeah. it meant that I had to cover Colin's shift while he was gone. <laughs> I really regretted the decision and, and was sending him text messages telling him as such. But of course, always in jest. Always in jest. Are y'all catching club soccer games together? Y'all catch that Champions League game? Yes, we did, actually. It was it was actually uh, it was like our first little opportunity to hang out outside of work. We God. went to... Uh, to a little to a Liverpool pub because he's a big Liverpool supporter, so we went to a Liverpool pub. And even though the game wasn't so exciting, we were there for the opening goal. And we had a great time. So nice. We, we hang out. We hang out a bunch now. Um, you know, mostly watching soccer. Yeah, very good, John. I want to fast forward to your work with Deb. So unlike Colin, Deb came from a field completely unrelated technical communication. Something she mm-hmm. was a news reporter. Mm-hmm. What kind of questions? are people who are interested in techcom but really have no idea about the field what kind of questions are they asking their mentors what do they want to learn about this field 
So I, <clears throat> so uh, Deborah was the, the the first of a handful of folks who I'm like actively mentoring. So I started finding some patterns about the things that they that they care about the most. Um, and there's usually a decision point where they where they've committed to wanting to do tech writing, and that's a it's you know it's a decision that everyone has to make for themselves because it does require some sacrifice. Uh, and sacrifice mostly because you, you might end up having to leave a job for a job that's less secure, or you might have to yeah. go to some training, um, or you kind of have to admit that you're that you're becoming a novice again, and that's not easy for established professionals. That's hard. Yeah, that's a great uh, point. I was fortunate that Deborah was already pretty advanced in her exploration, and she's she pretty much was uh, convinced this was the right track for her, but she was still a bit on the fence because she had you know she's an established professional, and plus you know she's like me like myself she's a working parent she she's got people to feed, yeah. so you know it's a it's a risk that has a, the stakes are high, so um so what Deborah wanted to know basically she wanted a uh, real talk about um, the money involved you know how much what, what are the salary expectations for tech writers. Um, and then um, something she hadn't considered is that, and what I like to start with uh, once you've decided that tech writing is for you, is what kind of technical writer do you want to be? Mm. That's an interesting decision that most people don't think about if, you de- if you're not like you or I and kind of had this, uh, this deep career exploration at the, at the collegiate level. Most people who are transitioning don't really, um, it, it's not very clear that sure. there's different kinds of tech writing. So I usually break it down to the, you know, the first decision you want to make is, is trying to pick a type of technical writer you want to aim for. And I don't ever want to put you in a box, but it's nice to have a specialization because it makes you a little more valuable and it kind of helps you target the kind of training you want to do. Yeah. So, so the first thing that most people who are trying to figure out once, you know, what kind of technical writer do you want to be is understand the different types. And I break it down to the three modern types of software based technical writing. All those caveats are because I'm not focusing on the more traditional defense type Word, Microsoft Word document, PDF document type roles. Mm-hmm. I think that's been covered in enough blog posts where that it's pretty apparent. You can Google your way out of that. But, yeah. this, but there's three types, three main types, the way I see it. There's UX writing, which is like, you know, focusing on the copy inside an application, you know, the words inside an app or website. Um, not marketing copy, um, but it is the same type of copy. It's mostly about the words that users use to, to, to work inside an application. And then, of course, there's developer documentation, things like APIs, things like SDKs that um, usually um, engineers have traditionally been responsible for writing, but that there's a, such a high volume of it that technical writers in this specialization can really make a killing in this field. It's probably the highest paying type yeah. of technical writing and the most in demand. Uh, and then there's that more traditional software type technical writing where you may be writing in some uh, single sourcing authoring tool. You may be doing DITA. You, you may be writing in a wiki. It's, it's got a lot of variability. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the more, tra- you know, it, it's what most people do um, when they're software based technical writer. Um, so once you pick one of those three specializations and the kind of the, the third kind, it's not really specialization, but it's more calling your, what you call yourself and the type of roles you, you pursue. But picking one of those three and usually specializing one of the first two is, is where I try to push people. Um, it's, a, it's a little more risky. There's not as much formal training around those two things. But it, I think, in my opinion, they're, they're much more lucrative and they're yeah. actually more interesting than just regular technical writing. And John, I imagine this goes back to one of the conversations you had with Colin. And that mm-hmm. was, what are you good at? Like, what are you even interested in in relation to writing? Like, I imagine maybe Dev, she appreciated their narrative. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. that's awesome. I can imagine your skills translating well to marketing copy. However, I'm going to give you all these other choices and potential paths you can take as well. And I imagine just being aware of all the different options they could pursue was really encouraging for someone who may be overwhelmed of pursuing a, a brand new field. 
Oh, it was uh, for Deborah as a champion. I mean, she took to I thought the UX writing and the and the kind of copywriting would be what she would be most interested in, but she actually took a liking to the API documentation and developer cool. documentation. Cool. And she has since um, you know um, I follow her on I follow her GitHub profile for uh, for her pro for um, what her her portfolio, and you know, yeah. I see her update. And she is a she's a champion, um, you know, a static site generator, and she, I mean she is just. She she's gone so far completely on her own, um, and just with me kind of pointing out interesting things to go to. She's done a bunch of workshops, and she's wow. found that she gets a lot of enjoyment from it, and she's gotten a lot more attention from recruiters because of it. Cool. Um, now, Colin Colin was a uh, he he was also he did uh, some magazine writing for a little while and was an English teacher, um. So his his grammar is on point. He's he's, he's my go to guy for grammar yeah. rules, and he takes a shining to UX writing like nobody's business. So I, he's in every mm. sparring meeting. He, He's reviewing mockups, and so it's very it's it's fat. But we work on a developer tool, so it's like you'd think that he'd want to do more towards the dev side, and he does have interest in yeah. it. But his natural uh, you know abilities with grammar and with with uh, you know with rapport with his, the, the rest of the team, he l- lends himself to being a champion UX writer, even though we're responsible for much more than just the, the copy. So it's it's fascinating to see how it's kind of developed organically for those two examples. Shout out to Deb and Colin. Yeah. Uh, so if I, I didn't even tell them that uh, I'd be talking about this, but I'm sure they'll be pleased. <laughs> I love it. John, final question for you. We have a lot of students and recent graduates that listen to the Not Boring Tech Writer podcast who I'd imagine would love to have a mentor in their lives. You know, they're probably online reading, you know, the great work at Write the Docs and mm-hmm. Tom Johnson's blog, I'd rather be writing. A lot of great resources out there but they're looking to have perhaps that more meaningful one-on-one connection. For the mentees that are looking to find that tech writing mentor in their life, how would you recommend they, I don't know the right phrase for it, go about it or present themselves as an eager mentee willing to learn more about this industry? So there's two biggest uh, tips for that. Um, the first is get in contact with me directly. Um, if if I you know I, obviously I'm uh, I've taken on a handful of folks already as, as mentees. Um, so my my plate will be full soon. Um, but that's not to say that um, there's not still advice I can give or or pointing you in the right direction to someone else who might be looking for um, some mentees. Um, but so the first piece of advice is get connected online. So social media is is a powerful tool for lots of things, and and for professional development is it's no different. So Twitter is mm-hmm. Twitter's huge. If you don't have the stomach for Twitter, there's lots of other Facebook groups. I think they're much less useful. But um, but but get get really deep into the Twitter hole. Um, there's lots of great hashtags on technical writing and, and content design and UX writing. Um, but if, if worse comes to worse, I say find me on Twitter, and I, I I'm super on brand. Uh, I, I do mix in a little bit of sports talk with my tech writing, <laughs> a little bit of politics here and there. Um, but I try to keep it uh, most, lot, very focused on technical writing, diversity in tech, um, and kind of uh, tech writing type topics, things that are related to writing. So I say get 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 in contact with me online, and I. And I I'm following a lot of great people as well. So I'm, I'm the Tech Writer Ninja on Twitter. So at Tech Writer Ninja. Um, and if, if, you, if you need, if you're starting and this is your first day on Twitter, oh man, I can give you a couple of shout outs and, and have a couple of big people retweet cool. for you and get you some followers. That's awesome, John. And you're exactly right. Twitter, Twitter is huge. I mean, that's how I got my very first tech writing internship. I was, it was my senior year at university and I'd followed this company that I loved called Copy Blogger. And I followed the entire C-suite and the CEO tweeted, like, looking for an intern in Dallas. 
And at this point, I thought Copyblog was an all remote company. So I was like, what? Like you actually have an office? You're looking for an internship nearby? And I tweeted back. I said, hey, like I would love to learn more about this. And it ended up being my, my very first employer. Look so a lot of great opportunities that can happen through Twitter. What a great testament. That's fantastic. That, yeah. that is awesome. That's like exhibit A for, for the <laughs> media. Yeah. So, so the first tip was, so, you know, get connected on social media, find a community. Um, the second is, uh, is get your face out there into the community as well. Things like meetups, uh, right? The doc meetups are always a lot of fun. Yes. They're my favorite. Um, STC meetups are a lot of fun as well. Uh, make sure you find a chapter that that's close because you can, there's lots of chapters. And if, if you live in the Bay or any, any big metropolitan area, there's usually a couple of chapters for write the docs and STC, find the one that's close to you. So you don't have to slog it across the city. Um, but get your face out there, make, you know, uh, make yourself some business cards, let, let them see your face, ask, ask dumb questions. Um, and then, you know, put yourself out there just like social media. Um, it's where you'll find opportunities. It's where Deborah found, you know, Deborah and I got connected. It was at a, it was at a meetup. Um, and and cool. a couple of people who I'm mentoring actually connected me through Deborah. So, you know, there's all these different um, networks yeah. that you need to be building. This It's the most important thing when you're just starting out is build that network. And in the meantime, while you're waiting for the next meetup, join the Write the Docs Slack channel. It's been a while since I've jumped in there. But knowing those guys, I imagine there's a really good dialogue happening in tech writing. And as always, like John said, ask dumb questions, like whatever you're interested in, however you're trying to get into this field, let people know. And I imagine you're going to find a few champions just like John here willing to help you out. Absolutely. Beautiful. Well, John, thank you so much. This has been an absolute joy. If anyone wants to connect with you, learn more about all the great work you're doing, where can people connect with you online? Yeah, so Tech Writer Ninja at you know in, on Twitter is uh, is probably the fastest, but I'm always happy to connect with folks on LinkedIn. A very open, liberal policy. I'll connect with just about anybody. Um, so John John A. Paz, uh, P A Z is how you spell my last name, uh, and you know reach out and say hey, and uh, if I can help you out, I'll always give it a shot. Awesome, John. Thank you. This has been fun. We'll chat very soon. Thanks a lot, Jacob. Have a good one. Thanks, John. Thanks again to Knowledge Owl, creators of the wonderful knowledge-based software for sponsoring the Not Boring Tech Writer podcast. And thanks so much to each of you for listening to this episode. Talk soon.